information is power. Information Man Podcast. Thank you very much. This is the Information Man. I'm Back at it again. Welcome to the podcast. What I'm going to get into now is an issue around busing. That's right, busing. Now, we all had a chance to listen to, if you were interested, of course, the Democrat debate. I thought personally that it was buffoonery at its best and clownery. You've got about, what, 30 uh, Democrats running for the, the nomination to run against one Donald Trump. And um, I'm telling you, it's um, the Democrats better get their act together. Um, because if not, Donald Trump could see himself getting another term, which I damn sure don't want to see that. But uh, it could happen if the Democrats don't get it together. Now, you've got Joe Biden, who is a front runner, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, to name a few that are running. It's kind of funny. It really is Because um, Really the ones that I named Are really the most front runners Um, Everybody's been putting their money On Joe Biden You know they've been focusing on the white guy You know the older white guy Is the guy that can take on Donald Trump Right He's the guy He's the man Then you've got Kamala Harris And she's got her deficits Cory Booker's got his issues too. Bernie Sanders got his issue, and Elizabeth Warren, who's a five-dollar Indian who claims to be Native American. But remember, there in history, there were white people who claimed to be Native American because they wanted to get those benefits, those reparations that we as black people in the ADOS have been talking about. But yet, we haven't gotten anything yet. We're trying to fight for it, and for and and uh, we're trying. But let me just say this here. Kamala Harris, she brought up the issue of busing. She said, hey, 
uh, Joe Biden because of your policies, because of you running around with those racist white guys. You know, those senators up there in the White House, up there in the, in the good old Washington, D.C. I, I was that little girl that was bust. She said she was bust. She said she was that young girl. Now, let me just say something right now about busing. Look, let's look at Kamala Harris, her background. Her father was a is a businessman or well-off man, well-off uh, black man in Jamaica. I think he's black and white because his father come from from if you do your history, his father was a white man, well-known white man who was very treated black people very poorly uh, in Jamaica. He wasn't very popular. Uh, Kamala Harris' mother is Indian, East Indian. And from what all accounts, her mother comes from a pretty well-off background and family background. She comes from a pretty well-off um, particular clan, or I don't know if the best word for it is clan, but a particular uh, group of East Indians in India. She comes from a well, well-off uh, class, let's put it that way, class. So Camilla Harris does not come from what I would call the cloth in the background of a true ADOSer. Because her mother was an immigrant Her father was an immigrant If I'm not mistaken he still lives in Jamaica Okay And then by all reports There have been some ripple between her And her father Now She talks about being Bust in Berkeley Come on now Berkeley is to, For all accounts Quote unquote Is one of the most, one of the most liberal I had to get a little bit of water there, folks. Um, particular city in this United States of America. Now, I know I've worked in Berkeley. I lived close to Berkeley when I lived in Oakland. Hell, Oak Town, you know, <laughs> the town, Oakland, California, baby. Oakland is not that, it's right next to Berkeley. And so I'm trying to figure out how she talks about she was bus. So was busing good for her or was it bad for her? I guess it was good for her because she got bussed into the Berkeley School District, which at that time was probably a pretty damn good good school district. But the question is, when you look at her high school years, Kamala Harris didn't even go to high school in the United States. She's like, uh, you know, she's just like uh, Obama, President Obama. She, uh, former President Obama, she went to school abroad. In this case, she went to high school in Canada. Canada okay Canadian she didn't even go to high school here in America and she went to elementary school in her much 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 more uh, younger years and she was bust and I guess she was saying to Joe Biden I was that young girl who got bust so she's saying that the opportunity of being busting helped her but keep this in mind her father and her mother were immigrants they chose to come over here uh, knowing that there was hell to pay if you were a person of color or a person of a ethnic background, black people never had black people that are in American that are ADOS. We didn't have a choice in the matter. Our ancestors were brought over here as slaves, dragged over here. And I know there's folks out there who say, "Well, I'm not a slave because uh, I'm of origin." Okay, I'll give you that. But um, there were black folks that were brought here as slaves who didn't have any choice in the matter. A lot of these immigrants, when they come over here, they're coming over here willingly. Come walking into a burning house knowing that there's racism and there's certain things they're going to have to deal with. 
So they've made a choice. Black people in America did not have a choice. And one of the differences is that black people in America did not come into America with their clothes on their back, shoes on their feet. Right. I hear a lot of times you hear immigrants saying that they worked themselves hard. They worked hard. They had nothing. Oh, there were black people in America didn't have nothing either. And worked hard. Matter of fact, a lot of the uh, laws that have been put in place, the civil rights, a lot of the immigrants owe that to ADOS, to American descendants of slaves. OK, black people in America. Our ancestors, our fathers, our grandfathers, they walked and marched. They boycotted. They worked hard for these laws. When you get when you get employment and it says equal access, equal access to employment, employment without discrimination. Where do you think that that came from? A lot of folks are riding off the coattails of black folks in America. So let me get into this. I, I had to say that is one of my opening in this program. You're listening to the Information Man podcast and I appreciate it. And you can hear this program on all these different platforms. Here you go. The Information Man podcast can be heard on nine major platforms. On the second YouTube channel as well, Information Man Speaks podcast. Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, CastBox, SoundCloud, and finally, Spreaker. That's right. I want to thank everybody out there that's listening to the podcast right now. I really appreciate it. Do me a favor and make sure you share this podcast in your own personal social media with your friends, family. I think it's very important. This may be one of my, I would say, one of many important podcasts that I'll be bringing down the pipeline here. And make sure you subscribe to the my second channel which is this is that second channel the information man speaks podcast and you know i have the first channel which is the information man show you are listening to information man please make sure to subscribe to his channel that's right make sure you subscribe to the channel i really appreciate it and I'm going to get on into this. So uh, busing, what is busing all about? We know in the 1970s, uh, busing was the it was a situation that was, um, man, it was a, a firecracker. It was uh, white folks did not want their kids uh, going to school and being in the presence of black kids. They didn't want black kids being bused to these predominantly white schools that were uh, in white affluent neighborhoods. Schools that were quote unquote good schools, whatever that is, okay, good schools. You know, they got the books, they got the resources, so on and so forth. Now, this is going to be very controversial. I'm going to make some points that I feel, but let me go. I have an article that was in the LA Times, and this is focusing on busing in the Los Angeles area. That's right, Los Angeles, California. School busing and race tore LA apart in the 1970s. Now, Kamala Harris is revealing the debate. Now, yeah, she she revealed she, uh, you know, she opened this up in a debate the other night. But I think personally that she said what she said is as much as she was emotional about it. It was another way to pander and to pander, pander to black people, uh, to 
galvanize black people and say, hey, I'm black, black people. See, I can talk about racial issues and things of that nature. That's what I feel. That's what I think. This is what Information Man thinks. Okay, but everybody's entitled to their opinion as to what they think uh, was going on. Let's hear. I got a sound bite. Let's hear a little bit of that right now uh, with Kamala Harris uh, giving her opinions when she was debating with Joe Biden. Now, this thing that bothers me about this uh, conversation she had, this debate with Joe Biden, is that on the other hand, she called Joe Biden out for hanging out with these racist senators and laughing and giggling with these guys and then turning around and being against busing and she called him out on it talking about the racist guys that he was pandering with and kicking it with but yet she turns around and says that joe biden is not a racist she doesn't see him as a racist and it doesn't make any sense if you're going to call him out for uh supporting and uh being with the racist senators that he was hanging around with at that time then how are you going to turn around and say he's not a racist today? A racist is what a racist does, and what a racist does is what a racist is. What a racist is. And I think he's still uh, a part of it. Now, even when he ran against Obama, people forget that just because he was vice president, you got to look at the things that Joe Biden was saying about Obama when Obama was running against him. He talked about Obama as if Obama was in slavery again, as if Obama was his servant. But now he's got all these great things. And then the thing that bothers me is that Obama, I think Obama gave Joe Biden a, re- a re- rewarded him in the White House with some medal of civil rights. My God, there's nothing civil rights about Joe Biden. It's crazy, Obama. Why'd you do that, brother? Why? It's crazy. Out of touch. And crazy again. Shit. So let me play this for you. said some things on there that is contradictory and I'm going to touch on that but let's hear old bite running his mouth Of the, the uh, assassination of Dr. King. Number one. Now, number two. 
as the U.S. As, excuse me, as the uh, uh, Vice President of the United States, I work with a man who, in fact, we worked very hard to see to it we dealt with these issues in a major, major way. The fact is that in terms of Okay, this is Information Man. I'm back. So that's Joe Biden trying to run his mouth. But she did say uh, in that debate the other night that um, she didn't see him as a racist, which I thought was contradictory. Because like I said, a racist is what a racist does. And what it does is what they are, racist. Okay, now let me get into this. Um, During that debate, Kamala Harris talks about body cams. Her commitment didn't tell the full, she didn't tell the goddamn full story, everybody. During the Thursday night's Democratic presidential debate, California Senator Kamala Harris got into a heated exchange about race with former Vice President Joe Biden. When confronting Biden about the record, she spoke about actions she took as a California Attorney General, saying, I was very proud to put in place requirements that all special agents would wear body cams and keep those cams on. It's true that California Department of Justice became the first statewide law enforcement agency in the country mandating officers to wear body cameras, but... Here comes the big butt, everybody. Here it comes. Here comes the butt. (laughs) That requirement only applied to people working for Harris, for Kamala Harris. It did not extend to all local police officers across the state. Now, this was. Uh, this you can I cited this information from the Sacramento Bee, um, and this was in 2015. They talk about Harris told the Sacramento Bee that she did not support statewide standards regulating the use of officers' worn body cameras. She wanted local agencies to set their own regulations. So she lied. She talked a mistruth, misled the public in that debate. So I just wanted to put that on the table. Because, you know, this is really about busing, but I had to touch on that issue because these politicians, man, they're smooth talking. They talk a lot of jive. I am going to be doing a podcast very soon after this to touch on this whole thing about uh, politics or what I call politics and how you can't trust these politicians, how they lie. They use highfalutin phrases to catch your spirit. And uh, I think that Kamala Harris Use that whole issue around busing to capture the minds and imaginations of people in the country that night and to particularly send a message to black people that she black enough, okay? Stuff like that. It makes me laugh to my belly. Okay, so let me get into it right now. This is going to be about what's going on in LA. Now, people, and this is very important to listen to this. Fewer issues divide Los Angeles more. In the 1970s, there were fewer issues that divided Los Angeles in the 1970s than school desegregation and busing. It sparked protests and political movements and led to white families pulling their children out of Los Angeles Unified School District. How many of you out there know that when you look at South Central L.A., watch that whole area? Those areas had a lot of white people in it first. Crenshaw area. That Those were areas where white people lived. A lot of uh, European immigrant white people who moved in. And the minute that black people moved into those communities, white folks, you know, you know, you know the word. It's called white flight. 
white people said we got to get the hell out of here we don't want these negroes going to school with our kids we don't want them living in our neighborhoods we don't want them in our neighborhood and those are some of the things that were going on in los angeles now the issue okay like i said it sparked white people pulling their children out of schools in los angeles school district the issue comes back to life at the democratic presidential debate as i talked about i played the some of the soundbite okay um in a heated exchange joe biden and Kamala harris clashed over school integration all right with harris accusing biden of not taking the mirror the moral correct position in favor of mandatory busing of students now i wanted to say this we got it we got to look at this you gotta ask yourself given the state of where black people are as it relates to education and academics was or has or did did busing benefit black people particularly black boys and black girls because we know that before you had busing you had segregated schools where black children black boys and black girls black young men and black young ladies were being their teachers were black their teachers were black women black men and academically they were doing well within those all segregated schools although it was separate but not equal which is why you had the uh the brown versus board of education which changed everything around and said you could not have separate but not equal and black people were separated in their own schools but the schools were not equal in terms of resources now my man joe madison of sirius xm radio i love that brother of the eagles by the name of the black eagle he talks about the whole idea of um of when you desegregate is that when black people were segregated to themselves white people had the power the resources and the responsibility and did not share power and resources with black people so oftentimes black children were going to school where they did not have the newest textbooks they did not have the newest uh uh you know gadgets and even poor schools today uh black kids are not getting access to computer labs and stem and all that if they're in schools that are poor i get that i get that part of busing was to equalize that by saying hey we want to share in power, resources, and responsibility. Let these black kids go to school in the with with the white kids who were who for the most part white kids had an advantage because of their schools and the resources that they had. However, um, one of the reasons why white people did not want black kids going to school with their kids because very simple racism, prejudice, underestimating, undervaluing and marginalizing black people. That's cultural conditioning. And on top of that, white people did not want to share, as I said, power, resources and responsibility with black children. They did not want black children to have the same education because they didn't want black kids to compete with their kids. And first of all, like I said, it was just pure racism at the best of it all. It was the racism at the best of it that they were promoting and pushing. And that's the tr- that's the truth. Now, in California, school desegregation was part of a broader integration effort, including the elimination of redlining, which kept black members of other minority groups from living in white neighborhoods. Like I told you, 
white folks did not want black people living in the neighborhoods, not going to their schools. You know, it was the practice in Los Angeles. All right. In California, supposed to be liberal. Yeah, right. It makes me laugh. Okay. Elsewhere, that gave rise to mandated busing as a potential remedy to the harm of segregation. The idea was that schools for all students would improve if white students had to share the fate of black students. Now, look, to me, like I said, Joe Biden's a racist. He was running around with these kind of guys in, in, in Washington, D.C., these kind of politicians. OK, and now that he's older and he's running for president, he wants us all to forget and Kamala Harris, she's not clean too, folks. I mean, she's got she doesn't have a great record as it relates to dealing with black men being shot by cops. She doesn't have a great record when it comes to, um, you know, there was a black man that was on death row in uh, San Quentin. He there was evidence to show that he was innocent. Her lab did a poor ass job of uh, doing their job to get this brother released. So, you know, her laboratory, the laboratory that operates under her, her administration has done a poor job when it comes to black people. Okay. And now she wants to tell us that she, she's a, she's a go getter. She's a, uh, look, politicians only care about one thing. There are no permanent friends. There are no permanent enemies. There's only permanent interests in politics and she's going to do whatever she can to parent to uh, black folks white folks and she's damn sure pandering and most of the democrat party is pandering to these uh, undocumented immigrants and people at the border who's trying to get in here and my question and i gotta say this is that if these people from across the border get in come in here that are coming over from central america actually uh, where do you think they're gonna live black people everyone out there listening they're gonna live they're not living in black affluent uh, neighborhoods they're gonna move into black neighborhoods that are low on the socioeconomic ladder, which will potentially take more resources away from black children who were born here, who ancestors put in the work to build this country because this country was built off the backs of ADOS or black people in this country. So and in no other country can you just walk into their country and say, make me make me let me stay here. You can't do that. You got to have some rules. You can't have everybody coming over here because you got to where you, the question is where they're going to work where they're going to live like i said you know where they're going to come black folks they're coming to places like oakland california <laughs> all right you already have in los angeles california black people that are being impacted by some of these gangs that come from over the across the border that are impacting black people in los angeles that live in lower social economic communities Okay, and busing was supposed to equalize that for black children who came from these type of communities where there was not a lot there was not a lot of resources. Okay, that's what busing was about. But like I said, I wonder if busing has been overall a good thing because one of the things I've always questioned is that why would you? I, I'm trying. To, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to be respectful as I can to black people who worked hard and bust their ass during civil rights movement, but. I don't understand why would you want your kids to be sent to school to white schools to be taught by white teachers uh, in white schools when they were racist towards black people. 
And then if they were racist and they have been racist towards black people historically, what would make you think that they were going to educate black children in the fashion that they were educating their own kids, white children, and do it fairly across the board without impacting black children? Because we know today in the year 2019 that black young men, black boys are being impacted in the educational Institutions of this country Okay you have white teachers that are biased Towards black children They have low expectations For black children They are racially biased I've experienced it when I was in college Taking a class And I could see the bias of the white teacher So there's a low expectation for black children And black children are the first to be kicked out of school The first to be punished in school The first to be mistreated The first to be labeled as hyperactive The first to be given drugs like Ritalin to calm us down The first to be deemed as a nuisance As a public enemy While white kids who have behavior problems Are just seen as a mis- Guided youth Misguided youth That's been a reality in American society Now Biden's position I'm going to go on Biden who I'm going to say is a racist Even though Kamala Harris Jumped on him but then she had the nerve to say That she didn't think he was a racist See she's playing both sides of the angle here Now Let me just go here Biden Biden's position is arguing for a limited federal Rules In enforcing integration Okay What's precisely The position that southern States adopted in trying to uh, Stop The supreme court mandate So basically Biden I'm going to repeat this again Biden's position on busing At that time As he was hanging out with them racist senators (laughs) you 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 know the old saying Birds of the same feather Tend to flock together Okay, just like crow. You ever saw crows outside, folks? And they tend to flock together. Let's 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 hear it for the for crows. <laughs> As they say, birds of the same feather flock together. And so Joe Biden was flocking with these racist senators that she spoke of. That's why I think he's racist. My, you know, Joe Biden's position again is that he was arguing for a limited federal role in enforcing integration. Right. That is precisely the same position that southern states, southerners adopted in trying to take back and stop the Supreme Court mandate. But. Integration was resisted as well in the order. Let me say this. Integration was resisted as well in other parts, is what I meant to say, folks, excuse me, parts of the country, and certainly in California. No doubt. Now, let me move on to say in night in the late 1970s more than two decades more than two decades after brown versus board of education let me get a little bit of a drink here folks ah, refreshing 
LA Unified geared up. The LA Unified School District geared up for mandated busing after failed court attempts to resist it. The effort barely got underway before there was a popular uprise within the largely white middle class. This is in Los Angeles, Mr. H- you know Hollywood, foray for Hollywood and all that liberalism that we think goes on out here in California. <laughs> Makes me laugh again. Information is power. The efforts barely got underway before there was a popular uprise within the largely white middle class. Many families moved to suburbs. See, that's why uh, as black, this is the thing, as black people moved into the urban environments where white people were living, white folks were moving out to the suburbs. Okay. And then as this is what's been going on in this country, and as black people moved up in upper mobility in terms of economics and education and job opportunity, Black people have begun slowly but surely or a little bit that can afford it have moved to the suburbs. Now what's happening? White folks are getting the hell out of the suburbs and they went back in. And I mean, back in the cities, the urban environments, you know, they because white most white folks moved out of the urban environment to the suburbs to get away from, you know, it Negroes, black people, stuff like that. This is the truth. Now, let me just go back back on this. Many families moved to the suburb district that were more harmonious and devoted devolved of busing. So they were they moved to the suburbs where there was no busing at that time. So they could once again get away from black people and get their kids away from black children. Now this is real. This is what was happening. And L.A. voters recalled school board president Howard Miller. Remember that name, Howard Miller. Miller was no fan of forced busing, but pledged to enforce the law. And that at this time was enough to doom his political career. Elected to the board instead were busing opponents, Bobby Fittler and Roberto I can't make out the second part of the name, but Roberto was the name. This is what was going on in Los Angeles at the time, folks. Busing opponents ultimately prevailed in the court appeal, and L.A. was permitted to create a volunteer busing system, which became the Magnet Program. Now, I've heard of the Magnet Program. Is power. And I know you've heard of the Magnet Program, Magnet Schools, that is. The idea was to create special academic programs that would be so attractive that they would act as a magnet to draw white students to school they would not otherwise attend. So they wanted to draw them to school that they otherwise would not attend with, you know, black people. See, all these gimmicks. While the effort was popular with parents and achieved some notable academic success, such as the Bravo Medical Magnet High School and the Los Angeles Center for Enrichment Students, the integration benefit was, hear this, limited, limited. Busing turned some young African-Americans into pioneers and it was challenging 
Now, this is a statement by someone saying when they remember. I remember one girl couldn't have us at her house because her dad ejected Cynthia Calloway of Birmingham High School class of 1976 told Time columnist Sandy Banks in 2012. She said, you can't come over, but I'll meet you on the corner and we hang out anyway. So, you know, at that time you had... um, when black kids were bused to these schools and they made friends with white kids, for example, the white kids couldn't bring their bring black kids to to their to their house. You know, you know, you know how kids get together and they go to each other's houses and stuff like that. They couldn't do that because their parents were exactly racist. That's what was going on in the country at the time. Now, we've now this is another statement by this person who said we felt like we had a responsibility to represent the inner city and add Peggy Harris also class of 1976. Now, in recent decades, the Supreme Court has unwound some of the mandates. They have un, uh, broken down some of the mandates. They've weakened it now. Within the landmark of 1954 ruling in 2007, the court ruled that race could not be used as a overt factor in school enrollment at public institutions. Berkeley Unify, where Harris said that she went to school, okay, experimented instead with integration based on economic profits and censor tracks. The idea was to substitute property for race and desegregation attempts in part because property rates closely tracked race. Race. Now, the the uh, the irony in this is that high courts more recently action undermines efforts in some southern cities such as Charleston, North Carolina, where school desegregation had arguably born bore fruit okay now the five to four supreme court ruling in 2007 specifically struck down magnet school programs in seattle and louisville kentucky seattle was never under a court order to desegregate louisville court order was dissolved wow folks Something else. Information truly is power. Information is power. Now, Los Angeles, its magnet program for which it received supplemental state funding because of it began in a response to court orders. At a point, the court order is something of a legal fig leaf that protects the magnet program giving it a legal right to continue it's not clear that local courts would do anything to force the district to continue the magnet efforts white students attend some magnet schools in higher numbers than they do other schools but their overall numbers are small, folks. The district is 73.4% Latino, 10.5% white, 8.2% African American, and 4.2% Asian. Okay, now 
a paradigm, <laughs> a paradigm of recent school construction and modernization programs was to improve neighborhoods, schools, so that students did not have to leave their neighborhoods. A modern day um, initiation separating, but equal in the city that remains substantially divided by class and race. So Los Angeles today still remains divided by race and class, the haves and the have nots. And they're talking about how if they just improve the schools and the resources and the power and resources in the neighborhoods that these children live in, then they'll have just as equal of of opportunity. But there's still disparity in this. okay? and you can make an argument that, hey, it's not good to segregate kids from other races. Okay, fundamentally, you can say that's true. But historically, when black people have gone to other schools with other people, we have been treated poorly. We have been stereotyped. These have been the realities. During the debate, Harrison alluded to being part of a a busing program as young as a young student in Berkeley. Many years after the United States Supreme Court in 1954 ordered school desegregation in Brown versus Board of Education. The court famously argued that separate but equal was not equal in terms of the right and education afforded to black students. Harris said that federal leaders, including Biden, should have done more to make states and local school systems desegregate faster and more efficiently. Biden responded that Harris was misrepresenting his position. He supported integration, he said, but felt that local agencies should take the lead rather than the federal government. He then tried to list other elements of the record that he said defended defines him as a strong civil rights supporter. (laughs) That makes me want to laugh. I don't know if Biden is a strong civil rights uh, supporter because um, the guys he hung out with (laughs) uh, certainly, like I said, birds of the same feather um, always and they always uh, tend to flock together. So I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> Let me hit it again. We will make America great again. See, Joe Biden was hanging out with guys like that that talk like that, like Donald Trump. When they say we're gonna make America great again, they wanna make really it's a it's a dog whistle. For we want to make America white again. And this is the reason why birds of the same feather tend to flock together. That's right. That is right. Now what I want to do right now is take a quick little break. Only going to be a second or two. We'll be back. Uh, to continue the program and um, because I have something I want to add and then uh, going to come to a little bit of a conclusion but while you're at it in this break you know you can hear me on 
at least nine major pla- or ten major platforms because I'm, I forgot to say that I'm also on iHeartRadio Podcast. iHeartRadio Podcast. If you have a Droid phone, an iPhone, you have an app, computers, you can find these various different apps that I'm on. And um, here it goes. The Information Man Podcast can be heard on nine major platforms on the second YouTube channel as well. Information Man Speaks Podcast. Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, CastBox, SoundCloud, and finally, Spreaker. Now, let's get back to the Information Man podcast. Okay, here I am. I'm back, everybody. I want to appreciate your support out there uh, because without your support, I can't do what what I do. Um, Bringing information, trying to open up one's mind. That is my goal in doing this, to open up one's mind, to educate, to learn from you. I want to say to everybody out there who's listening to this podcast, wherever you are, whether you're listening to to it on my YouTube Information Man Speaks podcast channel, or you're listening to it on SoundCloud or or Spotify or Anchor or uh, Podbean or any of these platforms out here, uh, Apple Podcasts or or, or Apple or or, uh, uh, Droid Podcasts or Google Podcasts is what I'm trying to say. Um, I just want to say thank you for your support and what you do because uh, I can't do what I do without your support. And so let me get into the other final concluding part of my uh, statement here of my podcast. You heard me lay out some of the things that were going on in Los Angeles. But keep in mind, this was going on across the country, particularly in Boston, which Joe Biden claims was his is his state. Boston, they really weren't having it out there. They were. Woo. They were throwing uh, uh, when the, This is the thing they don't tell you about When black people were being bused to some of these schools You had riots out You had people rioting Fighting People throwing apples and fruits And all sort of things at the bus that the kids were on Spitting I mean you had some venom, venom Behavior that was coming from White folks at that time And this is the truth I'm not going to lie Because I believe in telling the truth and it was uh it was not um a happy time to say the least and so this is my question once again everybody uh out there listening give a comment to this to this podcast and give me your comment do you believe that busing was the best thing for black people going forward when you have so many of our kids 
in these schools today that are doing poorly academically in some cases and you have white teachers white administrations that are inflicting their racism their bias and their stereotypes on black children because when black children were being taught and nurtured by black teachers you did not have these problems black people were doing well academically when we were in our own schools even though we didn't have a lot in our schools because of the separate but not equal situation that was going on okay but black people were doing better when they were being nurtured which is one of the reasons why you have black people who say that they they love Going to a historically black college HBCU They feel that when they go to a historical black college That the teachers don't see them as just a number That the teachers are nurturing The teachers are teaching them about life And are in their best interest That they want them to be able to graduate And get that degree, that master's degree, that PhD But when you go to a white university You feel tension You feel that they don't want you there That teachers want to flunk you and give you a bad grade I know for a fact when I was at school I went to San Francisco State I know that my fellow black, my fellow peers that were black, black women and black men, I had conversations where people got grades they know they didn't deserve and they felt they got those grades because of who they were, black, right? And that there, then there's the issue of, oh, you're only in this school because of affirmative, affirmative action. And affirmative action was designed to get black people into schools that were qualified who otherwise would have been overlooked and not given an opportunity because of their race not because they were not qualified too many of us think that it was just a handout and there are many other immigrants and people that are riding off that coattail just by the way i gotta be honest with you that was something that black people fought for in this country that were born here our plight our battle and many people have benefited from that battle i understand that but this is something things that black people deal with when we deal with these institutions that are run by white people primarily and white teachers whereas when we go to historical black colleges or we go to our own schools we're getting we're getting nurtured even if the environment doesn't have as much as the quote-unquote white schools have now that was an article that i found that I'm going to do a podcast on, so I'm not going to read this whole thing or go into this whole thing, but I want to leave some food for thought in people's mind out there because the goal is to open up one's mind. One's mind. Yes. Now, let me say this. The racial interaction between teachers and students could influence students' performance in several ways. For example, pupils may trust and respect someone with whom they share a solid a, a, a connection to, a, a, a bond with, something in common, a characteristics that make learning come more easily, right? Likewise, a teacher of the same race may serve as a more effective role model in boosting the student's confidence and enthusiasm for learning. However, while such role models affect uh, effects are widely believed to be important, there is actually little direct empirical evidence that they exist. Now, this article is talking about that there's not any there's not any empirical evidence that what I just said to you is true. And that's simply because they haven't done any real hardcore studies on this. But we know those of us in the black community and grow up in the black community with our teachers, our parents, our mothers, our fathers, our uncles, we know that the nurturing that you get from the black teacher 
from the high school, from elementary school to preschool, and then going into college, that it is effective because we've got the they want they're talking about there's no empirical evidence of it. I say bullshit to that. There is evidence. The evidence is black people who speak about their experiences when they go to historical black colleges versus traditional white colleges and their and how the teachers treat them and want them to be successful versus when you go to traditional white colleges when you're a black person they think that you're there because of some affirmative action program they think that you're there because you're just black they think that you don't have the academic whereabout to compete this is the thing that no one wants to deal with when you talk about affirmative action everyone wants to criticize and say oh there shouldn't be any affirmative action for black people to get into schools is if okay when you get into school under affirmative action you don't belong there but however no one says this when you take the exam when you do your term paper you take your final exam your midterms you do your essays and you have to do papers that's not an affirmative action test that you're taking that's not an affirmative action paper that you're writing you still got to take the same damn test as every white person in the class asian person east indian person that everybody that's in that class of different ethnic backgrounds and mainly in this case white people you're taking the same test as them and you got to pass the same damn test so that shoots that whole argument about affirmative action being something that's just giving it to black people who aren't qualified because damn it you got to be qualified to be academically in some way because you're not getting a affirmative action exam to pass college. They didn't give you an affirmative action degree because you're taking the same classes and take and pass and, and taking the same damn exam as everyone else. And in the case of busing, I don't know if busing was completely effective. It might have been effective for some black folks who had great experience. And for some, it could have been a nightmare, especially if you experienced people spitting on you, calling you out your name, throwing bottles at your bus. It could have been very stressful. And I personally think the reason why black kids academically are having problems is because they're being they're in classrooms that are too big being taught by white teachers who don't understand them from an from a cultural point of view uh, 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 they don't have any really love for them or feeling or any connection or characteristic um, bond with these kids and they also see black young males in particular as aggressive brutes that has been a fact in American society no doubt this is probably my most explosive podcast i've done yet in my opinion but i got more to come folks i want to thank you for being here listening wherever you are in the world this is the information man i've got to tell it like it is i appreciate you being here information is power information is power you know you can hear me on all these platforms. The Information Man podcast can be heard on nine major platforms. On the second YouTube channel as well, Information Man Speaks Podcast. Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, CastBox, SoundCloud, and finally, Spreaker.
That's right. So, as I was saying, everybody, you know, I don't know if busing was beneficial. Let's say this: busing might have may have been beneficial to some of our people, and it might have been a nightmare for other of, of us. Okay, I do believe that you can't be in schools that don't have access to the same resources, and. A lot. This is why busing came about because they were trying to remedy a issue in which black people in at that time were going to schools that they deemed that were inferior due to the resources. Okay, but the teachers were not inferior. The love that they were giving these kids were not inferior. Today, uh, in the like I said again, I'm going to repeat this: black boys in particular are attacked in the school systems of this country. I think that is important for us to teach our children as men to get involved in mentoring of our youth, particularly black males. I think black people need to consider building their own schools. Now, that's, this is the reason why getting some of that reparation money would actually give us access to building our own institutions. Now, we've got historical black colleges Let's be honest. We don't really support the historical black colleges there. Some of them are, str- are, are, are thirsty for money. And a lot of them are very expensive universities to go to. We must be honest about that. But black people who graduate from these institutions tell you all the time it was the best experience that they had. And they felt nurtured in that environment in comparison to white colleges, traditional white colleges. This is the Information Man podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm about to sign out. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, everybody. Peace and love. Peace and love, everybody. Information Man podcast. Information 
is power.